Welcome, welcome everyone to another episode of The Other Side of the Game. I'm your host, Akil Mitchell. Uh, and on today's episode, we'll be talking with my man, Douglas Brownman. Or you can just call him Doug if you want. Uh, we'll be talking about everything. We'll be talking about a little bit of everything from uh, from music, Coachella, hip-hop, to uh, Doug's career, um, his, his work in finance now, and uh, how he progressed through his four years at UVA. So it's a great episode. Check this out. Douglas Brahman, how you doing, brother? I'm good, man. I'm, I'm hanging in there, starting to warm up outside. It's uh, close to the weekend, so I can't complain, really. Hey, man, I appreciate you joining. Uh, this is this will be my third episode. You the third episode. That's Welcome big. to uh, my my third episode of the the other side of the game. We talk about you know we were just we were just talking about this too. Tell me what you were about to tell me about uh, why you were happy yeah. I was doing the podcast. I mean, I, I think it's I think it's great what you're doing. Um, just like I can't remember exactly what I said, but I just think it's 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 cool that you know somebody decided to just speak directly to people and kind of just give them insight into you know what goes on you know towards the later stages of somebody's career and um, you know after their career and kind of like what goes into the thought process of figuring out what you're going to do once the ball stops bouncing. So I, I think that's that's awesome, man. And, you know, if there's anything that we can say to, you know, help spark somebody's creativity or, you know, give them a little tidbit or nugget that, you know, helps keep them motivated or focused, then, mm-hmm. you know, it's time, time well served. So I appreciate I think, that, bro. I just think it's awesome, yeah, man. Yeah, I think the idea was like there's a lot of guys out there who, you know, we all knew of in college or that played somewhere that we saw – um, who that, for whatever reason, we just don't have an idea of like what they're doing now. Like I'm sure a lot of people who saw you at UVA have no clue what you're doing now. Oh, not nece- not that they necessarily need to, but like, yeah. I also, I also think it's important to like to show, you know, the next generation of of kids or whoever else might be listening that like success comes in a lot of different packages. Like you are an extremely successful young brother. Appreciate that. You are my man. <laughs> So right like and, and people like people need to know that you don't have to be you don't have to be an NBA you don't have to you know make millions of dollars you might be making millions of dollars though nah I wish <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not even close brother we getting there bro we getting there. <laughs> in due time my man I'm glad you jumped on this podcast though I'm glad we got you here bro I appreciate you having me man so, it's, a, it's an honor and a privilege my brother how you doing man what's how's life how's life talk to me. <sighs> Life is good, man. I'm, I'm, I'm just really insanely busy. Um, you know, we talked about it, but I got work, and then uh, on top of work, I went back to school to get my MBA. So mm-hmm. I'm like half, halfway through that part time program, doing that a couple nights a week. So tell the people where, what school you're at, where, where yeah. you're at for your MBA right now. Uh, I'm at NYU Stern School of Business. Um, started in spring of 2018, so I'm like a year in. Uh, Damn, almost a year and a half. Already, for real? Yeah, it's crazy. I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, fuck, like, I started this in February of last year, um, and it is already almost May, so, um, yeah. I'm pretty much, pretty much halfway through. Um, I'm trying to, trying to be finished up by May of 2020. Um, like, the goal I set for myself was to make sure I'm done with, with grad school. If there's anything wrong with, you know, being in grad school by the time you're 30, but, you know, <laughs> That was uh that was that was my main initiative. Yeah, uh, no to try, try and get it done. But you're doing that part time, like you're working also. 
Yeah, yeah. So I'm in the office in, uh, early in the morning, and then on days that I have class, I, uh, I jet out of the office at like five, five fifteen, uh, and I go down to go down to campus, um, and I have class from six to nine. Um, so that's two nights a week, and then the other nights that I don't have class, I you know typically I'm staying a lot later at the office to catch up on stuff that I you know wasn't able to do on the days that I had class. Um, what train? Then, do, what know, train do you take down there? What train? Uh, the four five. Four five. From, right. four, five from Grand Central to, to Union Square, okay. and I either if it's nice outside, I'll walk from Union Square, which is like you know seven minute walk. Okay. If it's not, then I'll take the six to to <laughs> Astor. Good old New York days, man. I missed that. Gotta love it, man. Gotta, Gotta get you back this summer. Yeah, I'll be back. I'll be back. I don't know when. I have no clue when, but you know, I'll be are back. You, are you Are you gonna stay here? Uh, nah. I'll probably. I'll you know I'll, I'll pop in for like a week, two weeks, something like that. Gotcha. So we'll have time. Yeah. We'll, we'll catch up some more. Yeah, we'll chop it up. We gotta, we gotta. I, I told you, man. Like whenever you come up, like just let me know, and we'll. Uh, I set up some, uh, some meet and greets with with some of my mentors and Word. you know guys that help put me on and like you know even the the former UVA guys that you know were instrumental yeah. in me getting up here. Yo, talk to me about that. Like, how does that? We're going to skip, like, way down in this list of things that we want to talk about. But, like, the, the networking piece of it. Like, you leave UVA. you in New oh, York City. It was, it was huge. So, you know what's funny? Um, it was actually, I owe it all to, to well, not all, but, like, 95% of it to, <laughs> to, Coach, <laughs> to Coach Willie. Really? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He Shout put me in Jay touch Willie. with, he put me in touch with, uh, with uh, Doug Smith. Um, mm, who, okay. who, who for UVA in the in the nineties? Um, and so he's actually he was a trader at um, at Citibank at the time, um, and so I, I I got in touch with him. It's funny because like the first time I called him, um, he answered the phone like you know how people answer the phone when they don't know the number that's calling them, <laughs> um, like the feds. <laughs> so, yeah, he he answered the phone, and I was just like going into this whole spiel about like how you doing. Doug Brown, man, I play on the UVA men's team, whatever, whatever. He was like, yo, yo, yo. He's like, you ain't got to give me all that. You're good. <laughs> He's like, I know you're good people. I'm actually in Barbados right now, so hit me back. <laughs> he was like, hit me back in like uh, a week. So I, I called him back like a week later. He, he was like, man, he couldn't have been any more gracious or or anything like that. Like he, um, he, he told me to come up and uh, he even offered to let me crash at his, at his crib. Um, and, um, you know, he took me into work with him, and I shouted him the entire day. And then he actually put me in uh, in touch with another um, former UVA player, Willie Dersh. Um, so I actually Dersh. was able to shadow shadow him too um, in that same trip. Um, so I, you know, in the span of two days, I got to shadow two different traders um, on Wall Street and kind of get a lay of the land and, and see how that works. So that was just that was an invaluable experience. Um, and then you know, from there, just was connecting and linking with people and um after i took a, a, a job not through either either one of those guys but after i took a job i was able to you know get up to new york and be able to you know email with people and say hey do you have time to grab coffee right, you know connect or, even or more. Grab, or grab a drink after work and you know just you know let me pick your brain and you know see what you think about this this thought that i have or whatever and then you know people up here have been they love that shit, so they. they I mean, it's everything. It's everything. Like you talk no, about, it's, it's it's all who you know, man. Yeah, yeah, and that's 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 part of the like that's part of the the problem of access, right? Like, as young black men, we don't have access to those networks and those circles, 
You know, it's crazy. People, we, we do, though, but we don't know. We don't have the tools or we don't know the 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 procedure. or We don't know how to go about accessing it, if that makes sense. Okay. Like, it's, it's okay. it, I mean, this is my opinion. Like, I think we're out. Like, I think it's out there. Mm-hmm. But I, I just think we don't we don't come up knowing that this is what you're supposed to do. Right. I, you know what I, I'm I damn sure didn't. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like I, I, I didn't know, like I didn't know how to like write a like a like a proper email, like an <laughs> intro email, yeah. like when I graduated school, like no bullshit. Um, and 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 that's the thing, like we're we're taught like a bunch of we're, we're taught we're taught almost like as young black men, we're all, we're almost taught that it's like it's kind of it's kind of lame to ask for help, right? Or it's kind of it's kind of weak to ask for help. Mm-hmm. Like you know, a lot of people are like, you know, figure that shit out on your own, or like. You gotta just hustle and and, and right. hustle until you make Grind it. Do it right. Yeah, and that's just that's just not the case, man. Like every single person that's in a position of success or in a position of power has been helped out or has been aided in some way, shape, or form yes. by somebody that came before them or that's somebody true. that's in a different on a different path. So, but we just gotta. So, yeah. all right, so what you're saying essentially is that like reaching out into these networks. We are you saying that we have the as black men we have the opportunity to reach out into the network because I don't know if I completely agree with that I don't know if I would completely agree with the with you saying that we have access to the inner circles and the networks that get people the kind of yeah, jobs so that we're talking I, about I think we're saying this I think we're almost saying the same thing like I'm saying like those networks are out there and those they, ex- they exist they yes, exist for sure those guys are more than at least in my experience those guys okay. have been more than willing to help in any way shape or form we just don't know how to get in touch with them we don't know how to uh approach them we don't know where to go to run into these type of people um i think that's 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 what i'm saying like okay. i mean and I, I think we're saying like pretty much the same yeah. thing like i guess yeah my my issue is more on the access side and your issues yeah you, know, you don't really have yeah. an issue you're just saying that <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's it's it is. I mean it's access more or less. Okay. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just I don't even think like even if we did have the access to them, I don't even think we're well equipped enough to even know how to you right. know to to approach the get, situation get, get, yeah. get things started. Okay. What was your first What was your first job? What was your first job at college? Oh my god, it was the worst six months of my life. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was a a financial representative for Northwestern Mutual. Basically, that's a fancy way of saying I sold life insurance. Yeah, that's and it was fucking awful. <laughs> um, <laughs> I might I might have sold uh, I might have sold I'm I'm ballpark like seven insurance policies <laughs> in six months. In six months, man. Well, because like the way they do it is they tell you to come in, and I hope I don't get sued, but they tell you they tell you. To come in, <laughs> They tell you to come in with a list of 200 contacts, right? So names and numbers. 200 people that you know. Of, of persons, of your personal contacts, okay. Yes, yes, your personal contacts. So basically what you do is, their their motto is $40 a day. So they tell you to come in, first day uh, first day at work, you hit the phone, you, you call 40 people. Try and set up meetings um, and, you know, to give them the whole pitch and then try to sign them up or whatever. Um, and then, you know, from there, you know, see if you can become their like quote unquote financial advisor. Um, 
long story short, it was it was it was trash. <laughs> me, me me calling me at, at twenty two years old calling my friend's parents to talk to them about their finances. Cold like, calls. That, yeah, like that shit. It wasn't even a cold call. It was just like, like I'll call my friend's dad, you know, and say like, <laughs> "Hey, like, are you interested in learning about you know some of the things I'm doing at Northwestern?" He's like, "Motherfucker, you was just at my graduation." <laughs> <laughs> like, right. No, I'm not. I'm not talking to you about my 401k. Um, yeah, and like where tough. I should put it. You know what I'm saying? And it's just, it's, it was, it was hard, man. It was, and it wasn't what I wanted to do. Um, right. I wasn't. I wasn't trying to be like a a salesman, so to speak. Like. Yeah, I read like I I read a ton of like biographies though, and people say that like that just that cold call salesman mentality has been vital to their success as like a businessman. Oh yeah, I mean, I definitely don't, I I definitely don't, you know, wouldn't trade that six month experience for anything in the world because I think it it just makes you fearless. Like, there's nothing, at least for me, there was nothing that's more terrifying or just like not even terrifying than nothing that just gave me more anxiety than calling somebody on the phone. Yeah. That's good. I like when I first got out of school, like, and say like, give them a whole pitch or whatever. Cause like, you know, naturally as humans, we're, you know, we, we're fear, we're fearful of rejection. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> and, and, and that type of business is 90% rejection. Yeah. Um, so it really, it really equipped me with the ability to handle rejection and to really just not even, not even care. Right. Uh, so like towards the end of my time there, I just, I, I didn't even care. Like if somebody said no, like either I wasn't going to take no for an answer or if, you know, I kept pushing and it was still no, then it was just like, all right, time to cut bait and yeah. move on to the next one. Just keep it moving. Yeah, man. So mm-hmm. that was, that was definitely, that was definitely valuable. And, you know, fortunately yeah. after that, I got, I got another gig, actually my first gig up in New York. Um, I got after that when I was doing that Northwestern stuff. That was another part that sucked about it. I was I was in Richmond too, so. Ah, okay. Um, yeah, sorry. Which and you know Richmond's great. It's, you know <laughs> where I was born and raised, but <laughs> it's not where I wanted to be. Right. You know, out of school, so. That's a good cover up. Good job. I like how you backtracked. <laughs> <laughs> no nah, man, people. I, I talked to a bunch of people and they're like, "Yo, you hate Richmond. You never come home." It's like, no, nah, I don't. It's just not. It's not for me. You yeah, know? that's fine. I mean, but you okay? But you also spent four years at UVA. Right. Um, explain, like, talk to me about that experience. Explain, like, what what made you want to go to UVA, you, and and what made you after the UVA experience say, okay, I don't want to be in Richmond anymore. Uh, so you, you know, it's funny. It was like when I was growing up. Like, to go back even further than that, when I was growing up, I didn't want to be in Richmond even then. So I actually, <laughs> okay. So you've always <laughs> so hated you always hated Richmond. Perfect. <laughs> it was just I, I, don't, I don't I don't I don't hate it. It was just it was really slow for me. Um, True. It was just like, like I was obviously a big NBA guy. Um, Mm -hmm. Like I loved the NBA. I loved like, you know, I loved musicians. I loved all that stuff. And like nobody famous ever had a concert in Richmond or nobody like there was like the nearest NBA game. I had to drive two hours up to DC just to see an NBA game. So it was like, it was like a yearly ritual with my family where we would pick a game that the Wizards were playing like the Lakers because my favorite player growing up was Kobe or like. Jordan when he had the you know the two year stint with the Wizards right, right. We, we would drive up and make like a day of it and it was just like I would love to be in a city where there's an NBA team or I'd love right. to be in a city where if you know Jay-Z's on tour he's definitely gonna stop right there. um so that that was that was my main thing it was just like it didn't feel like there was much going on I will say like in in recent 
the times, like the times I've been back to Richmond, they really built it up and they got a lot of stuff going on. Like it's a, a it's a pretty rapidly growing, growing city. Yeah, I don't know if like Jay Z stopping in, on, in the country. Actually, yeah, so. Jay Z's still not stopping. So you're no, good. no, of course not. But you know, shout out to them for for uh, for expanding and growing, man. For sure. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, um, so what made me so I've always wanted to get out. So I actually went away for high school, um, mm-hmm. and so I went up to Maryland for high school, and I'm sure we're gonna get into that later. But um, let's talk about it now, Montrose. Shout out yeah. to all my Montrose guys. Yeah, man, we're 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 uh, laughing deep. of a dying breed. You said what? We're deep. Yeah, yeah, y'all are deep everywhere. Well, you know, the school don't even. I don't even think the school exists anymore. Okay, um, so we're both. <laughs> <laughs> that shows my age. Cool. I remember back in high school, like Montrose was the was like one of the glorious basketball yeah, schools. You know, it was like, like the, Oak Hill it was like Montrose, the, the gold standard of. Yeah. of High school basketball it was like us and Oak Hill. Like Oak Hill was like the Carolina high school basketball. We were like the Duke. Yeah, almost. pretty much. Um. So yeah, I actually I went up there for my. I went to high school for a year in Richmond. Um, and I just wanted to. I wanted to compete against a higher level of competition. Um, you know, I was fortunate enough to to meet with the with the coaching staff at Montrose, and um, they said they'd love to have me. So. Uh, stayed in a house um, next door to the school with all the other guys on the team that were from out of town. Who did you Who house. did you live with? Who did you live with on that team? Uh, so my sophomore year, I lived with I think five guys. It was me, uh, Terrell Benson. Uh, he played at uh, UMass. Um, Isaiah Armwood. He played at Villanova. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else was in the house? Tyler Washington. Okay. Um, he, he was only at Marshalls for a year. And uh, was that it? That might have been the whole house that year. So yeah. you did. It was, only, it was only five of us that year. Okay. You never, but you never, you you obviously were ahead of Justin, but you never would have been on the same team as Justin. Nah, he was a, he was a freshman when I was a senior. Okay. Same as in college. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, So So he lived, Damn, he so we lived, in, the, we lived in the senior. house together um, my senior year. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right <laughs> that was that was that was a packed house that year i think it was like yeah i think it was seven of us in the house seven or eight um yeah that was that was that was a crazy packed crib yeah we'll talk um, about we'll talk about justin stories later yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know you, we all have plenty of justin stories yeah we got a lot man shout out to justin <laughs> he probably won't even hear this let's be real <laughs> All right, so you. Shout out. I I gotta hit him up and tell him we talk shit on my podcast about him. Yeah. Right. So you go through Montrose. You end up at UVA. How was your? How did that happen? Like, because you were okay. So you would have been right before Coach Bennett got there. You would have been Lado days. Well, so originally, um, so I mean, it's no secret. I'm not the tallest guy. I'm not the most (laughs) athletic guy. Uh, you know, I'm, I was relatively quick and you know relatively athletic, but not to play at a at a high major um, Division One level. So mm-hmm. my coach actually, my coach at Montrose level set with me before. I guess before he was even before my junior year, before my senior year. Um, I'll never forget this day. So he uh, called everybody like one on one into his office, just kind of talk about you know what 
their prospects are for the next season, like what he wants them to work on in all season and like their future in college. And he sat me down. He's like, Doug, flat out, like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bullshit you. You're not a high major Division one player. I was like, you know what? That's fine. I didn't <laughs> think I was. Like I gave up the the league dreams probably when I was like in sixth grade. Once I was like five two when in the sixth grade. <laughs> Um, so he was like but I think you could play at a at a low to mid major level and I think uh, something that we can look at something that might be perfect for you is the Ivy League so um, you know I I generate a little bit of of low mid major interest um, in Ivy League stuff but the the Ivy League is weird though because they don't offer athletic scholarships and my people and my people were not about to spend forty five grand a year to to send me to school. Like no matter if I was, you know, you know, my parents loved me, but they wasn't about to do that just so I could, you know, live out my hope dreams. Right. Um, and and they wouldn't. I, I don't think I would have qualified for academic aid or for yeah. I think for uh, for, not academic financial aid, um, just for whatever reasons. But so that was that was kind of out. Um, I held out. I held out hope for. I, I, for Harvard, uh, Cornell was the other one, but those didn't end up working. So I was sitting in my senior year, and I was like, "Damn, what the fuck am I gonna do?" Uh, so I'd always loved UVA. I'd always, you know, admired UVA. My sister went there. She was seven years older than me, so um, I'd gone up to school a bunch of times mm-hmm. for football games and basketball games and stuff because we were only an hour away in Richmond when I was growing up. Um, so I always loved UVA. So. I applied to UVA just as like a regular student um, and was able to get in, you know, by the, you know, by the grace of God and, you know, by my, by my family and always pushing me to excel not only athletically, but academically. Um, you know, I had that fallback, fallback plan um, to be able to get into a school like that, right. just off, off academic merit. That's a blessing. Um, yeah. And so once, you know, I, you know, I stayed, pretty pretty close in touch with with my high school coach that year just talking about my thoughts and you know what i want to do and he's like you know what um uh you know i think uva would actually be pretty good for you um and at the time even even before that um coach lato was actually recruiting um one of my teammates because tristan tristan played with me oh yeah okay i didn't know you went to montrose okay went to Marshall for two years um and then he transferred away for his senior year but okay. Coach Lato was all, always up in the gym um you know because he was recruiting Tristan um so you know him and I had forged a, a little bit of relationship or whatever um and, and coach my coach better my high school coach knew him very well so he's like you know what that's nothing but a phone call I can make to Coach Lato see if he'll take you on um you know for for a walk-on slot and you know see if you can you know work from there and see see what happens see what happens there so um, so that was always kind of the plan going in. Um, and then, you know, Coach Lato got fired, obviously. And mm-hmm. Coach Bennett was hired. Um, and at first, my high school coach was like, I don't think I know Coach Bennett, um, but let me see. And then actually, as, as fate would have it, um, Coach Bennett actually reached out to my high school coach um, just to kind of, like, introduce himself. And I think that's what happened. Um, and then Get to know you a little my, bit, right? My, you said what? Get to know you or where you were coming yeah, from. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, because he's the coach of one of the premier high school programs. Right. So, I mean, it's, it'd be pretty uh, that makes sense. Yeah, out to him and, yeah exactly. So um, he reached out to him. And um, so, uh, I, and then my coach broached the subject and, you know, kind of told him what I was what I was doing and what my plans were and kind of told him about me. So then Coach Bennett actually called me, um, I want to say a couple of days later, 
and I talked to him for about an hour, um, <laughs> just about like myself and background. Right. And he was asking, he was asking questions about about Tristan too because he had this, you know, this signee that he like really didn't know much about. Right. Um, so he was asking me questions about him and you know what I think about his game and personality and all that stuff. And um, so you know, I we developed kind of a relationship at that point. And then, funny enough. Um, Coach Willie actually came up to UVA, or not to UVA, to Montrose, to one of our open gyms after the season had ended. After my senior year, we just had open gyms, and we had like we had, I mean, we had college coaches all the time in and out of our gym. Um, and so um, he was up there watching one of our our open gyms, and he, I, I swear to God, like this was one of the days that I like I couldn't miss for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, so actually, I played pretty well that day. And, um, so I talked to coach Willie afterwards and he was, you know, introduced himself and I kind of told him that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm coming to UVA and, and whatever. So he's like, all right, keep in touch and whatever. So, um, coach Ben actually told me and coach Willie told me the same thing that on moving day to come, come by JPJ and kind of link up with them there. So that's what I did. Um, once I moved in at UVA and the rest is history. <sighs> yeah. Uh, uh, I, still, UVA basketball player. I still had to. I had to go through a, a tryout um, <laughs> before my, before my first year. Um, was Thomas? Like they had already t- started, was, like, preseason. Do you stuff. remember Thomas Tudor? Was Thomas Tudor in there? Was Man, he in Tudor there? Was, uh, he wasn't. He wasn't trying out. Uh, I, I remember Sammy Sammy telling me that Tudor used to try out like every year and it was not even no, close. No, nah, Johnny did. Ah, oh, yeah, okay. Johnny definitely did. Johnny, Johnny, Johnny definitely tried did. out that year. But he was—I think he was already a manager. But I think he popped in the trial. Yeah, Johnny. Uh, but we had, but my year they had a—we had a manager that that tried out and like became a walk-on too, Tom Junkie. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he was actually—I so didn't know him very well. On that year, but okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's a good dude. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's that's what happened that year, and then you know the rest is history. And then I showed up and. You know, we became everything with the shit. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Man, my so my sophomore year, I remember my sophomore year, um, is when like you rejoined the team. You weren't No, that was your freshman year. Was that my freshman year? Yeah, that was your freshman year. It was like halfway through so your freshman year. It was, it, was, my, it was my sophomore year. Okay. It was your sophomore year. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You came in halfway through. What happened with that? Just tell people. I know. What ha- I know what happened with it. But you just tell. Yeah, no. So I, I, I didn't. So I've always been like, I've always been kind of taking on the role of an underdog, so to speak, and I always like proving people wrong. Just like it's, I it's it's, uh, it's got to be a Napoleon complex. But you're not. But you're not. But com- compared to us, yes, you're short. But normal well, people yeah, so, here. Well, yeah. I'm I'm actually above Teams out. We were not. Uh, <laughs> so, um, 
during that entire year, I was just focused on getting better. Just always in the gym, always in the gym. Just working on my game, just trying to, you know, improve so that I could eventually, you know, contribute a little bit more to the team. Um, And so what ended up kind of falling by the wayside was my schoolwork. So my my first semester was cool because that was all like intro classes or whatever and you know um, you don't really need to work that hard for those but my second semester I took statistics um mm. and the the, the, way, the teacher was trash first off I don't even think he still teaches anymore um, man I took, trash, stats, I took a stats I took a stats class uh, yeah and I didn't obviously I didn't work very hard so <laughs> that class kind of doomed me um <laughs> Uh, and so I got, um, put on academic warning and then, um, coach Ben actually called me, uh, during that summer and he was like, listen, man, like this isn't, this isn't what, you know, we envisioned for you as far as, you know, being one of our guys on warning and, you know, we don't want basketball to be taken away from your experience as a, as a student here. So, um, you're not going to be with the team this, this first semester of, um, until you get your shit your together. Sophomore year. Yeah, he's like basically just until you get your shit together, you can't be a part of this program. Um okay. and that was that was man, that was that was devastating for me, but I didn't really have anybody to blame but myself, but right. it still still sucked to hear. Um so yeah, he was like, We'll reevaluate at the end of the semester, see if you've, you know, gotten things back on track and then we'll kinda go from there. And so when I tell you I ain't never studied that hard in my entire life. <laughs> I did not see <laughs> um, this dude. Ever. I had no clue he uh-huh. existed. I had no idea. I, like, the first time I met you, I think, was, like, at a party or something. And then... It had um, to have been, like, with Moo and Mike and those guy, And I was yeah, like, oh, yeah, cool. Yeah. Just well, like that's the other thing. That's so, like, my... Oh, God, that first semester <laughs> sucked because... I, so, and that's that year... My sophomore year, I live with... Or second year. I, I live with... Uh, I live with Bub and Mike. Oh, uh, um, yeah. Yeah. So, it was... And, um... Broke. It was so depressing because, like, they would be leaving and going to practice and going to a team event. That's and tough. I'd just be at the crib, like, all right, guys. <laughs> I'm going to study. <laughs> yeah. And, like, and, and, you know, it was just, it was rough, man. It was, it was rough. Yeah. Um, but that, that, you know, having something, having something taken away from you definitely motivates you to, to do everything you can to not only get it back, but to keep it and really value it when it's, uh, when you do have it. So, yeah. I mean, you, you preach into the choir, bro. I took a stats class where the our teacher didn't speak English, like, at all. So he would walk in and just, like, <laughs> he would write on the board all the notes for the, the day's class and then leave. And you could leave, <laughs> you could leave when you wanted. You could leave when you wanted. <laughs> just make sure you got the notes and make sure you did the homework. And that was it. Like, that's that. But that's UVA. That's UVA for you, in a nutshell. Like, you are really responsible for your own academics. But... I'm yeah. glad. I'm glad you ended up figuring it out, and and like yeah. coming back because you were a big part of that team. What was that? That was your senior year, my junior year, my third year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was um, you know, that was kind of a result of a lot of that work that I put in. Um, you know, just getting better as a player. I I really started to see like the fruits of my labor my my junior year, your sophomore year. Yeah. Um, you know, I got I got put in a game and you know, not just mop of duty, like it would be right. like we'd only be up by like, you know you know, we'd be up double digits like but it'd be like thirteen, fourteen with yeah. 
you know, six or seven minutes left where you could easily kind of lose a lead. Right. Um, but, you know, Coach Bennett kind of gave me that leash um, and, and, and trusted me to, to go in there and see what I could do. And I did actually played pretty well that year. I shot the ball well. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, there was I then there was a time, you know, where, where Bub had a knee injury. And I think our only yeah. other true point was maybe Tevin. It was like you and yeah, Tevin so were splitting was, a lot so of names. Yeah, exactly. It was either knee or foot. I can't remember. Um, I remember him coming back with that giant knee brace. Oh, <laughs> so I yeah, think it was, yeah. <laughs> I think it was his no, knee. That you was, that that was junior year. His foot was senior year. Ah, okay. His foot was senior year. Because um, I remember he had to get like this special thing put in his shoe. Um, I feel like we all did yeah, at some point. There's too many defenses. Oh, I had like a but, foot injury? Yeah, there was like five yeah. of us with foot injuries. It was weird. Point. It was weird because like Zoo broke his foot the year before. No, it was to uh, the point where, where like Ethan and Ronnie were walking around in JPJ like trying to figure out if the floors were too hard or if like, <laughs> I swear, bro, we're, like they were going through everything. Joe ended up hurting his foot. It was like five or six injuries at a time. Mike had, a, Mike had the foot injury. Uh, it was yeah. Malcolm. Yeah, it was it was pretty uh, strange. But I say all that to so, say like you ended up you ended up picking up a, a scholarship that year. Yeah. And I remember that clear as day. Like we talked about that. We've had extensive conversations about that. Like but I just want yeah. you to like how what did that mean to you? How did how did that feel? I know you had like mixed feelings about that. Yeah, I mean it was it was it was awesome. Um it was you know, obviously great to to be kind of rewarded, so to speak, for um for getting better as a player and being a, a team, being a, a big part of that team and contributing in ways that don't show up on, on the box score, um, just kind of being one of the leaders and, and vocally and, you know, with my actions as well. Um, so it was definitely cool to be uh, to be rewarded in that vein. Um, I, I, I guess the, like, the mixed feeling part came from, I don't know, like it was just like, one, I... I I had envisioned it being, I, I don't know. I don't know how to really explain it. Just, I don't want to say like I expected it, um, you know, more uh, like earlier or anything like that. Cause I know that they, I think they were, you know, keeping the scholarship on hand just in case they got like a, a transfer. Mm-hmm. Cause I know we were host, hosting a bunch of transfers. So I, I totally get it on, on, on that, um, on that basis. Um, it's funny. Like, I think that actually, when I realized I wasn't getting it at the beginning of the season, I think that actually like kind of lit another fire in me. And mm-hmm. you know, that, that actually it, it ended up working to, to my benefit because I, I played a lot in the beginning of that season yeah. and actually played, played pretty well. Um, and, uh, not just like scoring wise, but just, you know, playing good, uh, playing productive minutes. Um, so yeah, it was, it was cool, man, to get it to, to get a scholarship and, and kind of, see uh, a tangible result right. or a tangible outcome of, of, of your efforts, man. No, that's cool, bro. I, I yeah, remember it, was, it was actually special because it was the dude, I, the, the coach I actually talked to the most about stuff like that was, was coach, coach Curtis. Um, and after we had that, you know, that meeting where coach Bennett announced that I was getting a scholarship, um, coach Curtis was like, remember what we talked about? Because we always used to talk about like, what do I got to do just to, you know, to prove that I'm, that I'm that I'm capable of playing here. What right. I gotta do to you know prove that you know I I can I can be a scholarship player. And he kind of laid it out for me. He's like you gotta you gotta come in here work every day. You gotta be able some days you're gonna get you know be able to hop in every single drill. And there's gonna be days where you don't you can't you're 
on a scout team the entire day, and that's something that you just gotta, you know, be, you gotta have your mind wrapped around, um, and just, you know, shut up and do your job and do it extremely well. Yeah. And he's like, you also gotta, you know, take care of the classroom. That's the reason that you weren't a part of our team when, at the beginning of right. 2010. Um, you just you gotta take care of that, and you just gotta figure out ways to make everybody else better. Um, and so that's that's what I try to do, man. Like I try to take younger guys. Um, like a Tev or like a whatever under my wing, just say, listen, man, if you, you got any questions about where you're supposed to be, like on defense, like where you're supposed to be in the gap or, you know, when there's a post trap, where you're supposed to be. Um, when that happens, you know, just let me know. I can, you know, I can tell you because that, that's always been my um, my true asset. It's just been my mind. Um, <laughs> I thought you were going to say post trap. You said what? I thought you were going to say the post trap was <laughs> – your best no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 Just like, just like my mind. That's always right. been my, my, my biggest weapon. Uh, just being able to think the game and kind of see things before they happen and things of that nature. So, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was cool, man. So to share that, share that moment with Coach Curtis. That was, that yeah. was, that was really dope. I mean, he's a. All of the coaches were. I, I felt like we had a pretty special connection where we could talk about things that yeah. left the basketball court, right? Like. Coach Curtis had that special connection with you, and a lot of times he had that special connection with me where the lessons that we learned weren't necessarily like, all right, this is what you need to do to be a better basketball player, but this is what you need to do to be a, to be a better man. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. So if, there, if, if, you, if you had any other lessons like that you, would, that you could pass down to whoever might be listening or to you know, whoever you might want to, you feel like you want to share something for, like what would it be? Yeah. As in terms of what you've learned uh, I mean, from like your basketball career headed into whatever career into life, basketball yeah. life. Man, there's it's it's funny that you ask that because there's so many like as an athlete, when you're coming into the working world, you're actually like a commodity. Like people want to hire former athletes and like it's not because of like the, the accolades, it's not because of um, the notoriety or anything like that. It's because of the habits that you've established while mm-hmm. you were an athlete, like it's particularly if you were uh, a high level athlete playing for an ACC school or playing for a big 10 school or playing for SEC school for football. Um, that's, that's like the, the ability to block out noise. Um, you know, when you're in competition that lends itself well to a very distracting environment um, in, in, in the business world, the ability to, work harder than 99% of the population to stay, to come in early, to stay late. Like they, like people hiring know that you won't have a problem with that because that's kind of ingrained into your DNA already. Um, the ability to work in teams, all the type of stuff that, you know, you think is like monotonous or you think is, doesn't matter. Like okay. when you're actually open or when you're actually playing for a team, like all that shit is directly translatable to, um, to, to the business world um and if i if i had any bit of advice to impart on anybody it would be to don't take anything that you're doing for granted because it serves a purpose later on down the road like no matter how minute or how small it might seem there's a reason that you're doing this drill or there's a reason that you know your team is doing this exercise or there's a reason that you know this was a recommended book by your coach or anything like that like all that shit adds up and is going to be proved to be very beneficial to you down the road Um, so that's 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 kind of the thing i would that i would say because there's like bro like it'll be stuff that like pops up in like my everyday at work and i'll be oh 
oh shit, like we talked about this, you know, when I was a sophomore. Oh shit, like we talked about this. Like this actually reminds me of a, a saying my high school coach <laughs> used to used to say. Yo, know, it's you know it's funny. Like when I was when I was in high school, shout out to Coach Better because we had um, to make sure that we were like mentally locked into practice. We had a a, a slogan for each uh, each each practice. Okay. So he would post our. Like, before practice, he would post a schedule of our practice. Like, he had our practices broken down to, a, like, by the minute. Um, <laughs> and so, like, he would he would, he would would post a schedule, and he would post the team. So, like, we'd have a green team, we'd have a white team. So, that's kind of be the two teams for the day. Um, and at the top was a slogan. And it would just be, like, you know, like a quote, like, um, like, one of them was, like, in order to get a rainbow, you have to, you have to be able to endure the rain. Or you have to be willing <laughs> to endure the rain or whatever. Okay. Um... And it was just, like, little stuff like that. We're like, oh, this shit is stupid. But, like, it was the ability to, like, it really helped us be able to lock in yeah. on something. And he would and he would quiz us at random parts of, of practice. And it would be like, he would just walk up to you and say, hey, Doug, what's the slogan for today? If I didn't know, then everybody would have to run. Um, okay. And it was, just, right. it was just, you know, the ability to still do, like, do your normal activity, but still be locked in on something else. Right. Um, and that's, that's what you're going to have to do in the world of – uh, in the business world or in you know in the working world as an adult like you're gonna have to be able to multitask that's dope man thank you yeah. appreciate you dropping yeah. in knowledge yeah so, alright we're gonna switch gears a little bit we're gonna switch gears a little bit you live in New York what are you first of all what are you doing now what do you do so I work <laughs> for uh, I work for a boutique investment firm it's a it's an equity long short uh, hedge fund um, part of the the tiger tiger management umbrella um for anybody listening that has no fucking idea what that means, go Google Tiger Investment. Yeah, yes? Google t- Tiger Management. Tiger Management. And you'll and start to read up and learn about what they do. It's really incredible yeah. stuff. Yeah, so we were we were kind of spun out of them. Um, and, uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's a crazy story. Um, so, yeah, we, we launched in January of 2010. Um, started off with $25 million under management. And uh, I think when I joined, it was like 60 or 70 something. And I joined in September of 2015. Um, and actually, we just crossed the, the 600 million mark uh, this wow. week. So, Congratulations. Yeah, appreciate it, man. We're doing we're doing well, man. I, um, I, I couldn't have asked for a better team to work with. Um, everybody, you know, it's a close-knit team. It's only seven of us that, that work here um, for this, for my particular fund. Okay. Um, soon to be eight, but it's a close-knit group and... Um, everybody's really motivated and, and, and works really hard, um, but enjoys enjoys what we do. So it's, uh, it's it's dope, man. It's a cool environment. I've definitely heard stories of you guys enjoying enjoying <laughs> enjoying life. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds fun, yeah. man. It sounds fun. I can't wait to get back Team, in and catch up with you Team guys. Trips to Coachella. <laughs> yeah, did you see anything from Coachella this year? I haven't. I didn't. I didn't go this year. I mean, I know you. You're on the phone with me right now. It's okay, but. <laughs> um, yeah, no the uh, the lineup this year was trash. Oh, okay. I never, I never actually follow it. I, it looks, it doesn't look like fun at all to me. I want to, I, mean, I want to, I need to catch the last, Netflix special. Last year was crazy. All right, give me the lineup. Who's 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 performing last, last year? Last year was nuts. So last year was my first year. It's my first and only year going. But last year, so the headliner on Friday was the weekend. Um, I heard his shows are insane. Yeah, they're nuts. Um, Headliner Saturday was Beyonce. Was that Baychella? Is that what this new Netflix yeah, documentary yeah, so is about? Well, so that's the joint I was at. I got it. Yeah, right, yeah. You caught a, a 
a legendary performance. Apparently, it was the greatest greatest thing I've ever witnessed. Actually, I, you remember this? You called me. You called I me called like you. yes. You called me like yo. That was the most amazing show I've ever seen. <laughs> I've hey, ever seen in my life. Dude, I get chills when I think about it. It was, <laughs> it was it, because like we we're too young to ever have like seen like Mike or Prince in person. But yeah. this is what I would imagine that shit is like because bro she didn't so <laughs> you'll see on a netflix on a netflix uh documentary or movie or whatever but she didn't like after she came out on the stage she didn't speak for i want to say a good five minutes she just stood there what did she do she she like spun around and like walked from like the the catwalk back to the main stage and then stood there <laughs> like with like you know, the breeze blowing her hair back and, like, whatever that stood at the top of these risers with, like, this HBCU band below her. It was it was fucking amazing. Um, <laughs> she didn't speak for, like, five minutes, and everybody was just going nuts the entire time. That's crazy. And because, like, you know how, like, back in the day, like, in the, on the, the Dangerous Tour, on the Bad Tour, like, Mike would just pop out from underneath That's the stage. That's true. And, and people would go insane. There. Yeah. People would go crazy. Like, people people would be passing out and right like, he would do something as simple as like take his sunglasses off and like everybody <laughs> would just start screaming that is crazy it's like, crazy to I me mean. how yeah it's crazy to me how influential she is like oh my gosh. a year later she's completely overshadowed anybody performing <laughs> at coachella just by like yeah that's nuts yeah she that's and, nuts i didn't even think about that like she, <laughs> she dropped that shit right after right yeah after, um, she dropped a Netflix documentary of her performance last year, the same Dude, weekend this as Coachella. this year's That's Coachella. Amazing. That is awesome. <laughs> That's incredible. That. That's uh, incredible. But yeah, so it's the, the she was Saturday's headliner, and then Sunday's headliner was Eminem. Nah. Uh, no, he actually he actually had a good show. Yeah, I mean, Eminem the, Eminem is legendary. You can't yeah the, you can't pass. The thing about well, I was I was I was concerned about how a sh- an Eminem show would be. Um, yeah. you know, cause he's super lyrical and all that stuff. Um, but he was actually really, really good. Um, and then the thing about Coachella that's, that's probably in my opinion is the best part is that everybody has surprise guests. Um, uh, true. so like, so like the performer might not be like somebody that you're like super interested in, but they're going to have guests or whatever. So, right. um, so like, I don't think the weekend brought anybody out. Um, but Beyonce brought out she brought out Hove, obviously. The and goat. then she brought out she brought out Destiny's Child. Oh yeah, I remember uh, that. I so that was that. that was really that was really dope, especially for all of us, because that's what we grew up on. And then since Sunday, <laughs> um, Eminem brought out fifty and Dre. That's fire. Uh yeah, it was it was it was dope. And then like the other like under like I don't even know what to call them, but like the undercards were, were really cool too. Like Friday <laughs> Friday undercards. Friday's undercards like Belly was there and like Belly brought out Nav. Um and then like um yo, you know who's the the cool thing about it is like you'll become fans of of group artists and groups that you had not even heard of. Oh, I believe it. I believe it. So I so I really fuck with Heim. Yo (laughs) Because they they performed they performed at the main stage right before Beyonce and everybody was getting to trying to get to Beyonce or trying to get to the main stage early so they could get a good you know, and they caught Haim and, and Haim. So we caught we caught Haim right before, and I was over there like jamming. Yo, Haim, uh, low key so has been one of my favorites for a, for a little while, for a little while now. Yeah. I'm not going, I'm not going to put nice. myself on blast like that, but I fuck with Haim. <laughs> I like Haim. They're 
nice. Um, so I downloaded like all their music right after that. Um, that's how it works. That was that's why that's why I mean I don't know if they pay their artists or whatever, but like that's the main benefit of if you're an artist. I mean obviously for like the notoriety and stuff, but like you'll turn on a lot of a lot of people that aren't your fans, you'll turn them into fans. Um, And then Sunday, Sunday was Sunday was crazy because Sunday was Cardi, um, French Montana. Um, and then French French brought out Diddy. Uh, and he brought out I don't know who else he brought out. He brought out a bunch of people. Uh, Cardi brought out G Easy, I think, and Chance. It's not um, a bad lineup. Yeah, bad man, lineup. it was it was it was cool. But I think they <laughs> I think they realized the error of their ways. They they <laughs> skewed a little they skewed a little too, too hip hop <laughs> last year. So this shit is like all right. We gotta, yes, we got we got to dial it back. A and that's bit. exactly so why year. Beyonce dropped the Netflix special. This year it was, you know, it was childish, but then it was, you know, Ariana and Tame Impala. I I like Tame Impala too, by the way. I don't know. Yeah, I remember remember you saying that. (laughs) All right, yo, but I need one more story. Was this, this was the Coachella trip where, who is it that walked right past you? Who was it, like, was it Rihanna? Oh, it was Rihanna, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. Drop the mic. I I swear I saw, like, there was, uh, (laughs) there was, like, fairies around her. (laughs) Like it was, it was. She had like a glow. I believe um, it. I believe it. Was, it. it was. It, I didn't feel like a human was walking past me. Like it. it All felt this, like a, bro. Like I honestly felt like an avatar. You live an incredible life, my man. You live an incredible was, life, bro. That was dope. That <laughs> so, was good times. But all that said, man, I appreciate you being on the show. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. This was incredible. Man, we gotta chop it up again. Yeah, no, no question, no question. Stay on the line, and we'll keep rapping for a little minute.